بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فالحمد لله we are in uh, I believe the fourth lesson of uh, the rules going through Umdat al-Fiqh by Ibn Qudama and we finished off partway through the book or the chapter referring to the utensils so still in Kitab al-Tahara of course but referring to the utensils and in the previous lesson we discussed um, some of the ahkam in relation to the utensils and we followed on from what we discussed previous to that where we mentioned that no doubt the utensils made from zahab and fiddha so the utensils that are made from gold and silver are haram the utensils made from gold and silver are haram um, and then an exception was made what was the exception? Do you remember? It's been sold it. Naam, which means? Naam. So, there, thereafter we understand that using the gold and the silver is of two types. There are two types. The first is if you use uh, a utensil which is completely gold or completely silver. Or it's been soldered by using a lot of silver, for example. Then this is haram. This is haram. Then you have the utensil which has been soldered by a small amount of silver. And this is permissible. And what is the proof for that? No, that is from the Sunnah. That mentions, it's mentioned in the Sunnah that the Prophet prepared a small, uh, a small utensil or utensil with a small amount of silver. And um, along with that, now do we say what do we say in relation to the other utensils, the other utensils that are not gold and not silver? Are they permissible to use? No. Why? It's not been? What was the proof? It was an ayah we mentioned. وَالَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْعَوْضِ جَمِيعًا Allah has created that which is from or that which is in the earth, yani, for all of you. Now, and so within this ayah is a proof that everything is halal, or everything is halal until you have a delil otherwise. And uh, Shaykh Abayd, he mentioned that in relation to this, uh, or these utensils being used, or this ayah rather, in relation to this ayah, then 
this is something which is inclusive of the things that are from the masnu'at, the things that have been manufactured as well. So the ayah is inclusive not of just the things that you find within the khalq and the creation and, that's, that's, and that remains upon its, the, the manner it's been created, but also the things that have been manufactured. All of this is in relation to that. So if we're going to say that the manufactured, things that are manufactured are inclusive of that, then of course it's going to be a case that we're going to mention that uh, the uh, that the utensils are going to be permissible except if they are um, except if they if there's any delay to mention otherwise like gold and silver. So thereafter we mentioned that there, this we had a discussion around the utensils of Ahlul Kitab. Naam, the utensils revolving around Ahlul Kitab. And what did we discuss about the utensils of Ahlul Kitab? First of all, who are Ahlul Kitab? Yehudan and Nasar, Jews and the Christians. So, and what was the discussion and what, what did we mention about using their utensils? So they shouldn't be used unless there is no, no other option. Why? Why? Because the Prophet said in the narration, narration, what exactly? Remember? Nah, so do not eat from them, except unless you find other than it, then you can use it. So, then the question was, <laughs> the question that's there that wasn't the question that's the answer no. so the question is naam the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibiting us from using these utensils is this prohibition do we understand this prohibition to be a prohibition of uh, of it being uh, makro or the prohibition of it being haram is Abu Khalid said makro. Now, makro, why? If it's best if it's, it's used without that, no doubt, with using the utensils of the Muslims, is salama. Now, I'm using the utensils of the Muslims, there's safety in that, and there's no risk in that. Likewise, why do we say it's makruh and not haram? There are texts that indicate the opposite. There are texts that indicate the action of the Messenger of Allah eating from these utensils. Now we know that generally that if we have uh, a text that, that mentions a nahi, so a text that mentions a prohibition, and then you have a text that mentions maybe an action from the Messenger of Allah na'am, Doing, doing that which, which has been prohibited, do we, do we understand it to be something which is makro? Now we understand it to be something which is makro. So, what else do we discuss in relation to using these utensils of Ahlul Kitab? What else was discussed? You have two? So you don't have to wash it. 
You sure? So you said you don't have to wash it. You have to wash it unless. You have to wash it unless. Unless you know that something impure has been left in it. Okay. So what does the hadith mention? Hadith mentions to wash it. No. Hadith mentions, I first would do not eat from it. Unless you do not find anything other than it, then wash it. Now, maybe what was hidden that we don't have to wash it is if we're talking about the utensil that has already been washed. So we don't ask about utensil. If the utensil's been washed, we don't ask about what has been used for it because it's been washed. The command for us is to wash the utensil. Now, the, of the Ahlul Kitab. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. But it's it's a case of if you have the utensil, just the utensil, and um, it hasn't been washed, then the, the command is for you to wash that utensil. No. Um, again, even the salam. No. Yeah, so... So yeah, so we said if it's yeah exactly if it's the, the Abu Khalid asked a question. <clears throat> now Abu Khalid asked a question about the the, the going and the camping, and they have their utensils, but the the point is if they have their utensils, it's already been washed. So the command was for it to to wash it. So the command is generally what we understand from this is that if they give you the utensil, now it hasn't been washed. Then of course you wash it, Naam. But if it's already been washed, then that command's already been fulfilled, in that regard. Wallahualam. Naam. So, so going on to conclude uh, this chapter of the utensils. Then, as is mentioned in relation to the to the mayit, relation to the to the mayit. Then. What is mentioned thereafter is that the suf, so the wool or the hair, the wool or the hair of the carcass is regarded as being tahir. The wool and the hair of the carcass is regarded as being tahir. And... understood the reason for this is due to the fact that the soul wasn't within this part of the body yani. the soul is within the, the jism itself the body itself and it's not something that becomes legis by way of death Naam, it's not something that becomes legis by way of death Naam. thereafter We have the mentioning of the the tanned 
either the, the, the skin, the tanned or the untanned skin. We mentioned that pre in the previous lesson. And likewise as well, the bones. After that, we have the mention of the mayata, right? So the, 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 the body. Everybody, every carcass, everybody is regarded as being nejis, except for that of the adami. Except for that of the adami. The adami is who? Mukhalid? <laughs> the Adam is the Adam. All the creation? Of one? Adam, who? If we say just that the Adam, the body of the Adam is not is regarded is not regarded as being nejis. It's Sam, no. A human body. I Adami referring to I Adam al Islam, of course. So the human. So every carcass, every body, every 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 uh, body that has died, Naam, this is regarded as being what? Just to quickly recap, everybody that has died is regarded as being what? No. Nejis. So everybody that has died is regarded as being nejis except for the Adami. So except for the human. Naam, does that make sense? Everybody is regarded as being nejis except for the body of the human. The proof for that, first and foremost, in relation to the everybody be regarded as being nejis, the proof for that is the statement of Allah Ta'ala Surah Ma'ida, that indeed the meita has been made and declared haram for you. Naam. So the meita, of course, regarding and referring to the Adami. Naam. And as for or as for the, the in relation to the dead body, sorry, not the Adami. As for the proof of the Adami not being regarded as being nejis, then you have the narration of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a narration which was Mutafakan Ali. Narration agreed upon. Where the Prophet وسلم, said to Abu Huraira, Subhanallah, in the Mu'min, la yanjus. So he, says, so he said, Subhanallah, glory be to Allah. Indeed, the believer does not يعني, become nejis, become filthy. And so the Prophet وسلم, did not differentiate between the haya and maut. He did not differentiate between hayat, the, the, the fear of living, or the fear of death. Why? Because if if it was a case that we said the person will come I nejis by way of death, then we would say that this affair of ghusl would not be made an obligation because the, per the person is nejis. And so there's, there, would, there would be nothing to just, do, just due to the fact that the cone of the body itself being nejis, there'd be nothing that could really, um, I purify it. So the action of actually the ghusl, the actual ghusl of the maid, is not a means of 
removing the Najasa. It's not an actual removing Najasa, but rather it's a means of purification, just as we have purification for ghusl while you're alive and purification of wudu while you're alive. Naam. We do not say now that when we perform wudu whilst being alive, that this is an action where we are removing Najasa. Or when we're performing ghusl uh, or wudu, that's that whilst alive, that's a removal of any impurity. No, rather, this is the action that is done specifically at that appointed time, and it's something which is uh, um, based upon the affair of the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi then. You have the mention of the haywan of al الذي لا يعيش إلا فيه. So then you have the animal that lives within water. That lives within water. That this is, uh, this animal is not regarded as being filth uh, if it dies. Naam, for example, Al-Bahr, if it lives within the sea. And this is due to the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where he mentions, huwa tuhur ma'ahu al-hil maytata. Al-hil maytatuhu. So he mentions that in relation to the water, that is tuhur, is pure. And... That is the dead of it is halal. So it's pure and the dead of it is halal. So it's tahor, it's tahir. And anything that comes from it is halal to eat from. And it's a hadith which is found in Sunan of Tirmidhi. And so if now we say that it's halal to eat from, then by necessity, we understand from it that it's tahir. If we say it's halal to eat from these things, for example, fish, then we say that no doubt the carcass of the fish is halal. Why? Because it's not permissible to eat anything which is nejis. It's not permissible to eat anything which is nejis, regarded as being filthy or anything of the like of that. And... Just on this mas'ala as well, a question, what do we say about an animal that lives in the sea and outside of the sea? <laughs> Great minds think alike, as they say. What do we say about an animal that lives in the sea but outside the sea? For example, or lives, or lives in water, should we say? Why do we say water, not just just, just the sea, just drink to the sea? Why are we saying why do we say water, not just the sea? Though? That why I'm saying why do we say first of all before we go to go back to that question, why do we say water that we're, t- we're talking about animals that live in water? I Ibn Khadawa mentions animals that live in water. He doesn't make it restrictive to the sea. He doesn't say animals that live in the sea. I know, Nam. 
So I hear, but why though? Why why did you mention water though? If you've got animals that live in these places, but why though? Something about something going all the way back to the beginning. About the nature of water. Water is water is pure though, pure. Nah, pure of water. And water, so water is regarded as being what? Tahor or Tahir? Tahor. Yes? What's the definition of Tahor? Nah, and something else though. Nah, something else though. It purifies other things, yep. Yeah. Or something else. <coughs> Naam, so it, it is the, the water, the Prophet mentions, is in the manner in which it has been created. Naam, it's in the manner it's been created. So no doubt, anything that is like, so no doubt the, the, the sea is the water that is in the manner in which it's been created. So anything that is like that, like anything like the sea, they'll take the same ahkam as the sea. So just because the, the hadith mentions the bahar, the hadith mentions the bahar and it's tuhur. But we understand by way of that that any water that is tahor, the ahkam relate, that relate to it are also relevant. So this is why Ibn Qadam does not restrict the kalam to yani, the sea. Because it's referring to not only the sea, but any water which has been uh, which remains upon its creation in the manner which has been created. So that's rivers, lakes, naam, ponds and, and the likes of those. So, Going back to my question then. So if now you have an animal that lives in the sea and on the land, what do we do? That which lives more in the sea is attributed to the sea, okay. Okay. Now, which is more on the land and takes ruling of the land. Now, essentially, that's the answer. Essentially, that is the, that's the answer. So, that which is regarded, so the animal that spends more of its time in the sea, even though it has a capacity to be on the land, and it may be on the land from time to time, the animal that spends more of its time in the sea, then it is regarded as being an animal of the sea. And so, the, the ruling upon the animal would be the same. I'd be halal to eat, it's dead. And so, then we understand that its carcass is tahir. Naam, that which is, that lives more on the land, then we'd understand, we'd understand that the, uh, this is an animal of the land. Even if it has a capacity to, to live in the sea for a period of time, we regard it as being an animal of the land. And so the carcass would not regard, be regarded as being tired, rather the carcass would, regard, would, be, would be regarded sorry, as being nejis. Naam, that makes sense? Jade. So, just to quickly recap, all carcasses are what? Nejis. Except for? Human. Human and? Now, the one that lives in the sea. Now, the one that comes from the sea. Jade. Now. All carcasses are nejis, yeah. Not by, not by way of the yeah. 
So now, that's just what we're referring to. The carcass obviously that has just died and hasn't been slaughtered now. So, and likewise as well, you have the mentioning of the that which has died, but <coughs> there's proof to say otherwise. I other than the fact that it has uh, it, that there's no najasa. For example, you have the zubab, the fly. There's the fly. That the, the the fly is not regarded as being najis. Why? Now, so what? So then we say that the hadith, the hadith is the proof. But what's what's significant about the hadith? The fly falls in the drink. Now take out and dip it back in. Disease in one, it cures in the other. Exactly, because as we mentioned, going back, it's not permissible to eat for something which is nedges. So now, if we've been commanded or we've been instructed to dip it in, now dip the 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 the, the carcass of the fly in and take it back out, now then this is the case. The case is that it's not regardless of nedges. Based upon that, does that make sense? And um, anything that was regarded as being nedges, if it was truly nedges, a truly something which is uh, impure, then we would not have been instructed to dip that in there. Allah Ta'ala And that is the conclusion of the chapter regarding the um, the, the utensils, Al-Ina' or Aniya. Thereafter, we have the chapter in relation to Al-Qadah Al-Hajjah. I fulfilling one's needs, or yani the using of the toilet, using of the bathroom. And so, Ibn Khudami mentions the beginning of this chapter. Yustahab, Liman Arada Dukhul al Khala, and Yakub Bismillah, Aoudu Billahi min Khubfi wal Khabaif, or min Ridges and Nedges. And so it is regarded and it is recommended that whoever intends to enter the bathroom, then they state the basmala, bismillah, that they seek refuge in Allah from the filthy. Male and female, yani shayateen. And that is which is found likewise as well in the hadith narrated by Bukhari Muslim, where the word is mentioned, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubfi wal khabaith. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the filthy. Yani male and female shayateen. And so, this is from the dua that the person should mention before entering by the bathroom.
And so, after that, you have the mentioning as well of Gufranaka. Right, the word in Gufranaka, when a person leaves the bathroom. And this is what has been mentioned and this is what has been uh, recorded by Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi. And likewise, Anas ibn Malik narrates the same, that the Prophet would say so once leaving the bathroom and this narration is found in Ibn Majah. And as for the hikmah of this, I mentioned in the Ghufranaka. A Ghufranaka, yani, seeking forgiveness of Allah. Wa the reason for this is that when the person enters the bathroom or when they're in the bathroom, then they are not in a position to, yani, say, Adqar, and remember Allah. And so. The person seeks forgiveness thereafter, as soon as they leave, for, for being in the state of not remembering Allah. And what you find from this as well, and it's a reminder, no doubt, of the importance of the dhikr of Allah, yani umuma, generally speaking. That the person should always find themselves in the scenario where they're remembering Allah. Where they continuously remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, even what you find from the uh, Tarajim and Asir, the stories and the, the, the biographies of some of our imma and ulama, that they were known for this. For example, Shaykh al Islam of our time, Shaykh ibn Baz, Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, Muhammad he would, whenever he had a moment, it would be seen. That he would be making afkar. He would be remembering Allah. Even if it was, yani, lahzat, any moments. So, for example, you may find that whilst he's waiting for the person to introduce him for, before he can begin his lecture, or there's a small gap in the lecture. Right, he's ending the lecture, and there's a, small, there's a small gap between the end of the lecture and the time where he's beginning to answer questions. He will spend that time in the remembrance of Allah. And so this is an indication naam, of how in the Imma and the Ahlul Sunnah they recognize this affair of the remembrance of Allah and that it should be something that is continuous in our lives. And not just at specific times. No doubt at specific times which are found and mentioned in the Sunnah then of course this is Akad. This is something even more emphasized. But the adhkar should be something which is mentioned and it should be upon the tongue plentifully to the extent that when you're in a situation, in a scenario where you're not able to mention the adhkar, the first thing you do is you seek forgiveness. Now, thereafter, it mentions where you call them rijahu yusra fi dukhuri wal yumna fi khuruji. And so the person steps into the bathroom or steps into the toilet with the left foot. 
and they leave with the right foot. So this is due to the fair this is due to the fact that generally from the adab and from the adab of the Muslim is that anything which is regarded as being harmful or lowly, he should proceed with his left. Anything that is regarded as being lowly, then he proceeds with his left. Anything other than that, then he should proceed with his right. And this is due to the hadith of Aisha, in relation to the right, that the Prophet would love the tayammun, I do actions with the right. And so he would give presence to the right, beginning his actions with, his, with the right. Whether that be in tahara, yani purification, whether that be in the, the, combing, or the combing of his hair, or wearing his shoes, the he sallam, would seek to begin with his right in all of his affairs. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. And so, thereafter, when the Quran mentions, "Wala yadkhul bi shay fihi ismu Allahi Taala illa min haja," and so likewise as well, the person should not enter. The person should not enter into the bathroom. That has or using or having something that has Allah's Taala's name. Now, so anything with Allah's name, they should not enter the bathroom with it. The proof for that, the proof for that is the narration found in Sunan, the Sunan of Abi Dawood. The narration found in the Sunan of Abi Dawood, narrated by Anas ibn Malik, where he says, "Can Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the, the, the Rasul, the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, if he entered the bathroom, then he would leave his ring. I leave his ring aside. Naam. And what is the Significance of him of the of the leaving of the ring and the, and this proof here. Why is this a proof for not entering into something with the name of Allah? But this this particular narration here. What was not, what was written on the ring? Muhammad Rasulullah. Nah. Muhammad Rasulullah. And so, nah, due to that, uh, it was mentioned that this is, this is, um, this is why. However, uh, was the hadith you mentioned? Uh, so, he was sneezing and he, he been silent. He gives him a salam, Allah's al-Fatah, he never answers. No. So he responds to the salam. So this is about speech as well. Speech. This narration is around regarding speech, and then this, this narration 
No, she mentioned about about the the person entering the bathroom or not responding to the salams. This is about speech in the bathroom. Now, this narration is about entering into the bathroom with something that has Allah's name written in it. So, for example, the person shouldn't enter into the bathroom with the mushaf, for example. Now, Sorry? They, you know, they go azan on the phones sometimes. You know, I hear many times they go and they go to the toilet. This is why someone, they mentioned that this is a person, when they, uh, and obviously it's a, it's, a more, it's a more of a contemporary question, because this is about telephones that we have now, mobile phones, that um, people, they, they may have uh, alerts on their phone, or it may even ring tones on their phone, where it's the adhan, or it's a surah, or someone's reciting Quran, or some form of athqar. And Ahlul generally, they mention that the person shouldn't have this on their phones, as the brother mentioned, because the person may enter into, go into places that are not befitting of, the, of these things being played. So, for example, the most obvious example is the bathroom. Because of course you do not have you do not have control over when someone's going to ring you, for example, or you may forget to put your phone on silent, or whatever the case may be, and the person goes into the bathroom and then it plays. So generally, what you find from the advice of the scholars is that they advise that the person should not enter into uh, or they should not have these things on their phone in the first place because of that particular reason. And. Um, Thereafter, as well, it mentions that the person should lean more upon, when sitting or kneeling in the bathroom, they should lean more upon their left hand side, their, their left leg. Naam. And this is for the ease of uh, actually using the bathroom itself. And this is the advice that is uh, found, and this is a narration due to the narration that is found in. Um, uh, in the Tabarani, the Mojama Tabarani, where narrated by Suraka ibn Malik, it mentions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us that if we were come, if we were to come to the bathroom, that we should lean upon the left hand side, lean upon the left hand side, and this is from again from the Adab mentioned when it comes to uh, using the bathroom, wallahu a'lam. Thereafter, it mentions, when kana feel fada ab'ad wa'shtara wa'shtara afwan. And if the person goes into, um, if they're into, go into open space and they should find somewhere that they can cover themselves, or they should, be, they should cover themselves. So if a person goes into open space, they shouldn't just use the bathroom, or they, they shouldn't just relieve themselves in the open space. Rather, they should have themselves covered. Naam. And they should distance themselves from the people. So they should go far, as far away from the people. So, for example, you have a group of people, and then the person needs to relieve himself. He doesn't just go... Yeah, and in a short distance, he should go as far as possible. Naam. And this is due to the, the narration of Maghira, 
where it mentions and the narration is found in uh, in uh, Sunan Abi Dawood and the Sunan of Tirmidhi. And Mughira mentions, Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha dhahaba ab'ada. That if he was to go, yani go to fulfill his need and to relieve himself, that he would distance himself. I go at a distance, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Naam. And so, Tirmidhi uh, mentioned this is hadith, this is a hadith, Hassan uh, Sahih. This one not in Muslim. This one is in Tirmidhi and Sunnah uh, uh, of uh, Abi Dawood. Now, then you have the narration that mentions and the Hadith narration of Jabir. Then you can well uh, Jabir mentions Kan Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ida arada al khala and the bazaar intalak hatta la yarahu ahad. And this is narration. This narration is in Muslim, and this narration is in Abu Dawood. So this narration here mentions that if the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, would want to go and to use the bathroom or to relieve one, to relieve himself, that he would, that he would leave from the group until and go to a distance until no one would able be able to see him. Now no one would be able to see him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is from either. The mannerisms of doing so. And thereafter as well, it mentions that the person should relieve oneself. And this is more in terms of uh, urination. They should relieve oneself upon soft ground. They should relieve oneself upon soft ground. And the reason for that is what? Splashing. Now, if a person releases oneself upon something which is harder surface, then it's going to cause that anything with anything which is nedges to go further. Now, so it's releases oneself upon soft ground. And um. <coughs> Naam. The narration for this is in so in the Sunnah of Abi Dawood as well, where it mentions, "Ida arada ahadukum al jabul, far yaltad li baulihi yani that they find soft soft grounds. So if a person intends to urinate, then they should find something which is of soft ground for them to urinate. Thereafter, as well. What is mentioned from the adab of relieving oneself or urination is that they should not urinate in a hole or grooves in the ground. Yeah, and he, and he splits in the ground. And this is something what due to the fact that the Prophet وسلم, he prohibited this particular action. Naam. And the reason for this, or it was asked, it was asked to Qatada, what's the reason for this? Now, Qatada from amongst the Tabi'in. 
Qatada from Uncle Tabi'in. And it was asked, it was asked to Qatada why, what was the reason for the, this prohibition? Why was this pro prohibited? And it was mentioned that the prohibition was due to the fact that this is the Masakin al-Jinn. Uh, this is from the abodes of the jinn and the shayateen. Now, and likewise, a person should have security or be secure from not, if a person was to, for example, unit in a hole, then this may cause, Allahu A'lam, for him to be attacked by an animal as well this may be, there may be another creature within that hole so it's a means of security for that individual as well the final thing we want to mention as well in relation to this is the final thing we want to mention in relation to this as well is as said as well that it is upon the person to not urinate in the path, in the tariq, wala dilun nafit, a beneficial shade, nor under a tree that brings about any fruits, a fruitful tree. Nam, so not to do it under a, but, uh, a fruitful tree, so a tree that has any samarat from it. And this is due to the narration in which the Prophet mentions, I fear the two affairs that will bring about the Latin curse. And he was asked about the Latinian, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he mentions, fi tariq nas fi dhillihim. Yeah, this hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. And so this Latinian is the one that takes and uses and relieves himself in the pathway of the people or in their shade, so in the shade that they use. And so this it's just at the beginning of some of the Masa'in that we want to discuss in relation to this particular um, chapter. And inshallah, in the next lesson, the reason why I stopped here is because in the next lesson there's uh, more of a discussion about istikbal al-Qibla, yani the one that is it faces the Qibla or not facing the Qibla, or facing the back towards the Qibla as well. So, uh, inshallah, we want to leave that for the next lesson, inshallah. Fabarakallahu fikum. وجزاكم الله خيرا وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين حياكم الله
Because your house is built that way. Yeah, and house didn't have a place. Whose house? <laughs> 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 the house or the toilet? Huh? The house or the toilet? Yeah, I mean, the, the house is obviously the position of the... No. So, no. Like, all, all seriousness. If a person's house is, is that way and built in that manner, then, or the, the bathroom is built in that manner, then, of course, the person should strive, the landlord's best, should strive to um, face another way if they're able to. But, of course, you can only do what you're able to do. So, um, based upon the, the, the two ayat, well, ayat now, nah, based upon the ayatain, Fatakallah must have taught them, fear Allah as much as you're able, and Allah doesn't burden the soul more than it can bear. And um, these two ayat, um, were, were, we, were mentioned quite often by our Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Obeid, he mentioned them very often in relation to Messiahs such as these, where a person may find themselves in hardship. No doubt you strive to do that which is best and that which is in the corners of the Sunnah and that which is uh, befitting and, and pleasing to Allah. But of course, a person must be aware that he, he cannot overburden himself in, order, in a certain offense. So if he's able to, then no doubt strive and a person is able to face other, another way, then do so. But if he's not able to, then um, a lot of the burden is so more than it can be. Allah Allah. Back in the days, they used to go for toilets was very far away from the houses. These days, the toilets in the house is very next to the bedroom. <laughs> so Hupsi Wal Khubais, Wal Khubais always right next to you. <laughs> I don't know if that was a question or... But now I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's they was lucky they have Popsi Welcome is far away from the house. But we have right next to our bedroom. Allah must have. We live in a time where conven- convenience is, is, is seen as paramount now, rather than other things. Allah Allah. Sorry, say that again. So if it's in this book, for example, is by Hamad Imam Ahmed. No. Mission, or Mustafa, Mustafa ala hadith, or no, so the manhaj in which, which we're going through this book is generally, we might mention some ikhtilafat or um, we might mention some points, some points of, of, of discussion. But because it's a big, it's something we want to begin with. We don't go into a lot of any, a lot of ikhtilafat or. No, no. Generally, what you find is a lot of the the the, the books, the first books, you find that they they, they are a lot of masayid that that agreed upon them, upon the masayid. But even already, in the some of this, we've gone through some masayid where there is some form of khilaf. So sometimes we deal with some khilaf, but we don't want to go too much into them. Because you can be here for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the site. In the site. Okay. Is there any hadith about smell as well? You can go bathroom. They have to do a for like smells as well. Bad smells, they go there. Bad uh, smells are. Allah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anything. No. But I, I heard on a hadith. If the person, uh, because some place, 
they have a nerve band on only like a skull outside of plastic for the disabled mm. ones. They say the professional person who is forbidden to bowl in the bathroom. This is the, I don't know, from this one. Oh, okay. In terms of the, 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 the fact that the Prophet forbade that the person would urinate in the, in the shower. No, or what you know, where they where they having they they washing themselves. No, so in this scenario, if this is all you have, you then stand the one and then you do shower one, which is the, 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 what we understand from this. The last time I know best is that the person should not urinate at the time of showering as well. Does that make sense? So, if if for example now all you have is the, and you find this, you do have sometimes you have the 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 the, 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 the toilet. On the floor, and then you have the shower above. Yes. Now, and they have even the external side for stand up. No, the person cannot see. No, but then in this scenario, the person uses each thing at its particular time. Now, and he doesn't use both at the same time. Now, in order to avoid <coughs> that full into that, that 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 narration about using the or having the um, um, urinating whilst showering in the light of the Barakallahu you know it's been washed away but because of the narration that mentions the uh, um, the prohibition of uh, units in the shower because that used that prohibition then you would want to avoid the two in and separate the two in Italy they have the same thing in Italy yes when you go back they used to like a Place where we used to work, do shower. They have a place to avoid the urine, and then just against that hadith, they used to do. Audubillah. Audubillah. They need guidance. Allahumma sta'ala. Zakhum na khair. Barakallahu alayhi wa sallam. Barakallahu alayhi wa sallam.